And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on all that you want, son. There'll be peace when you are gone. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 105 of Lupa's Bits. I am, of course, your host, Lupa. That doesn't change. That will never change. As long as it says Lupa's Bits, it'll always be Lupa. They'll never be, you know, standing in for Lupa. No, no, it'll be me. Always me. Just me. Every day me. Alright, so we are uh, week two at my sister's. And... um, things are going okay. Um, Everett did his first week at school and now he's home this week because he's sick. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that went well. Uh, Housekeeping. Let me see if I can think of some housekeeping off the top of my head because I don't have any. Uh, The World of Myth bits. The World of Myth magazine review is out done by yours truly um it's been a while since i've done a magazine review so you know you'll have to bear with me it'll take me a little bit to get back into the saddle but i think i can pull it off i think i can do a review once a month um, along with the movie reviews um and that's called what the hell did i just watch and that'll be coming out when the magazine is released. Um, but yeah, the new um, magazine review is out. I hope you guys all like it. If you have any questions, comments, or criticisms, then you know, comment on the Facebook page or shoot me a message or whatever. If you don't like how I reviewed your story, tell me how you feel. Let me know where I went wrong, where I may have misinterpreted what you were writing, okay? So, this is an open conversation. This is not set in stone. My opinions are mine alone. They're not set in stone. And if you want to try and change my opinion, then I welcome the opportunity. You know, I welcome the conversation. So, I am by no means a professional. I am by no means as experienced as some of the writers on our staff, but I am a damn good editor. And I know my stuff, and I have a proven track record of what people enjoy, what people don't enjoy, what sells, what gets attention, what doesn't. Um, so, you know, I feel confident in giving my reviews. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of where you know that stands um i uh i'm supposed to take a bow and it's very hard for me to do i'm not exactly sure where i'm supposed to take the bow because i missed the first half of the message (laughs) 
when I came on board, the World of Myth magazine was, um, it was a good magazine. It was a decent magazine. It was small. Um, it was a lot of the same contributors and the, the quality was good. Um, and when I came on board, I, I have this, I don't know if it's a good trait or a bad trait, um, but it is a family trait. <laughs> My sister and I were actually talking about this last night that I, whatever job I do, I need to make myself absolutely indispensable. I have to make myself, um, I, I work, I do 110% every single day, all the time. And I have to make myself irreplaceable because everybody's replaceable. Hang on, I'm just turning down the background noise because there's a lot of crinkling in my ear. It's kind of distracting me. Um, so I set out to um, be the best editor I could be. And I turned it down and now he's turned it off, which is not what I meant to do. But anyway, um, I set out to be the best editor I could be. So I took classes, I read, I, you know, studied, I figured out how to be an editor, what to do. Um, I mean, I've always excelled at grammar and English and composition and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but I wanted to make the magazine grow. And I said to Dave too, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take this magazine to a whole new level. And I did. Um, within the first year of being editor, managing editor, I was bumped up to editor. Um, and then I think I was bumped up to editor-in-chief in the same year. I'm not sure. I would have to confer with my live studio audience, but he's... Uh, otherwise indisposed at the moment. He's here. He, he's, he's listening, but he's just busy. <laughs> but um, I took it from 10, 15, 20 some odd stories a month to 30 and then 40. And I think our anniversary issue hit at 40. And Dave was like, holy crap. Um, and then He's like, that's so cool, you know. But I don't know if I could handle another month like that. And every month after was that like that. We never, we have never gone below thirty-five pieces or forty pieces since the anniversary, our fifteenth anniversary edition, and that was two years ago. Um, when three years ago, my bad, three years ago. <laughs> When I uh, took over um, the magazine, there wasn't a podcast. The podcast, okay, so the idea for the World of Mythbits was originally so that I could build a fan base, so that people could get to know me, they could get to know my voice, 
um, I could find my, my niche. And it was to do interviews with the winners of the member of the month. Now, that part of the podcast quickly fell to the wayside because we are trying to interview people all over the world. Australia, California, um, New Zealand, Russia. It was just trying to, it was a scheduling nightmare. So a lot of the interviews kind of just drifted off into nothing because it was, it was a scheduling nightmare. We just, we couldn't get people scheduled to where Mike was available and I was available and our guest was available. Um, it just, it, it wouldn't line up. We couldn't get it to line up. So, I mean, we did a few and they were great, but, um, it just got to the point where it was like, you know, I'm, we're banging our heads against a brick wall here. So the interview part kind of fell away and it became more of a, a conversation between Mike and I just chit chatting, talking about my upcoming book. Um, I was writing for the world of myth at that point. I had taken over editing for the world of myth at that point. And I, <laughs> One night, <laughs> one month, got this wild hair up my butt and decided, wouldn't it be cool if I did a review of the magazine and all the stories in it every month? And here we are. <laughs> um, several dozens of podcasts later and we're still doing the review once a month and it is actually out of all of the world of myth um, episodes it is actually the highest most listened to episode every month on the entire network um, so it's a popular piece and I'm, I'm very proud of the magazine review and I'm very proud of what I have been able to do with incredible writers, incredible artists, um, our reviewers, uh, Mike and Jenna, who used to do the movie reviews. Michael Arnold has been a godsend to me. He does our art review and he does a book review every single month. He took a month off um, vacation you're allowed and I, I had to fumble my way through that <laughs> but um, I was very 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 happy to see him come back uh, he's been doing our, our art review and our book review for quite a while now and he does an incredible job of it he does obscure books that you wouldn't think of reading or that you've heard of in intellectual circles and you know you don't know much about he does art pieces that are not only just museum pieces, but real life you can go to and touch and see and and they exist in the real world uh, pieces. So yeah, we have an incredible team now and we have Tim doing the um, Myth Bits episodes every week. Um, so I'm, I'm really 
pleased, I'm very proud of where the magazine, where the world of myth in general, not just the magazine, but the podcast and everything that goes along with it, the magazine review, I'm very proud of where it is. And, and yeah, I will take, I will take a bow for, um, where it is. I will, I will take my credit for what I've brought to the table. <laughs> because um, I've worked very, very hard to get it to where it is. A lot of late nights editing, and um, in the beginning, it was a lot of of headhunting, going out and saying, "Hey, you know, submit to this magazine. It's a great magazine. Um, we can't pay you, but we have worldwide readership, and we do. No joke." We are read in almost every country around the world. We we have, you know, started trends and through things that we've done through the company, um, like the OCC and other things like that, we've been um, imitated. We have launched careers through our magazine. Um, and through our company. So I'm very proud of the work that I've done for the last four years with not just the World of Myth, but with the Jaisalmon Dark Myth Company. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll own it. I'll own it. I'll take my credit. <laughs> I don't, I don't often um, talk about myself Okay, let me rephrase that because, I mean, in all reality, this is my podcast. I talk about myself all the time. I don't often um, extol my, my virtues or speak of my accolades uh, willingly. <laughs> I will admit this is under great duress because I was told to. Uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be. So, yeah, I'm very proud of our little magazine. And I'm very proud of... Like, we look at the countries, Indonesia... China, Germany, um, South Africa, New Zealand, Australia, England, Ireland. We are read globally. We are translated into, I can't even begin to count how many different languages. We have contributors globally. And, um, I mean, a lot of the ones that I reject, unfortunately... Um, have been put through some sort of translation uh, program and has not come out the other side very well. A lot of things do not translate from whatever language to English very well. So, yeah, but yeah, I'm very... And I mean, in all reality too, like I put the work in, I did the work, I, I do the editing and I go out and I, I talk to people and I mentor people on writing and, you know, help people to get where, where they want to be. Um, but without our contributors, without our writers, and without our artists, we wouldn't have a magazine. So give a round of applause for those people, too. That come, Especially our, our regulars that come back month after month. Jim Bates, Don DeBrail, James Rumpel, um... Tim Law, Gabriella Balcom, she's been with us for quite a while. Every single month they come back 
and they contribute something incredible to our magazine. And I want to kind of shine a little spotlight on them. You know, every single one of those people have books that have been published. They have, you know, anthologies that they've been in. Go check them out. Go buy them. We don't get anything from it. So this, don't think that I'm doing this to make money for, for the World of Myth or for the Jason Dark Myth Company. I'm doing it to support our authors because that's what we do as writers. We support each other, or at least we should. I think we should. I, a lot of times, most of the time, you see people tearing each other down. And it's not just in the world of writing, but in life in general, people are so quick to tear somebody down because they don't like the color of their hair. They don't like the way they wore those shoes. They don't like something that they said. So it's very easy to tear them down. You know, oh, wow, they succeeded, but, you know, they must have done this or they must have done that. Instead of saying, well done. Good job. Keep it up. I'm here for you. I'm going to buy your piece of artwork. I'm going to buy your book. I'm going to share your stuff on social media because maybe I can't afford to buy your stuff. I'm going to tell people about you. Instead, I'm going to tell people about you happens. And this world is big enough for every single writer every single author in every single genre you might write a story that is a new take on sleeping beauty and you might find six other stories that are new takes on sleeping beauty well instead of getting your nose all twisted into a snit why don't you read those stories appreciate that somebody else had the same idea you did and thought hey why not and go hmm you know what wasn't such a bad idea after all. Maybe I'm not so crazy. Support each other. Something else I want to talk about too. Freebies. Mm-hmm. Freebies. Freebies don't pay the bills. Freebies don't put food on the table. Freebies don't keep shows on the air. Don't keep websites up and running. I have a business outside of what I do for the Jason Dark Myth Company. I have an editing and proofreading and mentoring business. SJB Freelance. And I offer editing services, I offer mentoring services, I offer reviewing services. And it really bothers me when somebody says, oh, well, you know what, I'm your friend, so if you do this for me, I'll, I'll tell a bunch of people about it. But you'll do it for free, for free right? Because you're my friend. If you were my friend and you wanted to support me and you wanted to help me succeed, you would pay me 
for the work that I've done. Not expect me to do it for free. I wouldn't walk into your business. You wouldn't walk into McDonald's and say, Hey, I know the owner. Can I get a free burger? No. You wouldn't say to your buddy, the dentist, Hey, could you fill my cavities for me for free? Could you give me some implants? I'll tell everybody what a great dentist you are. Thanks. So why is my work any less? Because you'll give me free publicity? That's not going to put eggs in my fridge. I don't care how good the publicity is, it's still not going to put eggs in my fridge. It's not going to pay my lights. I appreciate it, but if a stranger is willing to pay for my work and then let my work speak for itself and tell people about it, a person who considers themselves my friend, who says they support me and they, they want me to succeed, will pay for my stuff. They won't ask for a discount. They won't ask for a freebie. Because that's insulting. And it's the same for artists. I don't know how many people who are friends of artists and say, Hey, can you do this picture for me? I'll give you credit. Well, what kind of credit? Credit at the grocery store. Credit with the electric company. Credit with the water company. Credit at the gas station. Credit at the art supply store. Because I'm telling you, if you give an artist credit at an art supply store, they will love you forever. Because if they have the choice between putting groceries in their house or going to the art supply store, I can guarantee you they'll be at the art supply store. <laughs> I know. I have a few artists in my family. We are a free company. We don't pay for our stories in the magazine. Um, we don't charge for the magazine. The magazine is free. We don't charge for our publishing services. But we have artists that work for us, work for us. We have inkers and we have pencilers and we have colorists that work in our comic book sector and we pay them cash every week when they're working we pay them they turn in the pages they get paid without fail and we now have um, artists coming to us you know begging us for work because we pay our artists because even though some of our artists are our friends and, you know, Dave's known one of our artists for years, years and years and years. They're good friends. He still pays them because he's paying him for his work because he is his friend. And he's done a job for us, for him. And his talent is worth being paid for. 
and I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking for much. If you want to buy my book, if you want to buy it on the ebook, it's 99 cents, I think, for the ebook. If you have Prime. It still gives me the support. It still shows the support. I'm not sure what I'm having technical. What happened? I'm having technical difficulties here. My phone just hung up. Very strange. Oh, now it's buffering. I don't know what's going on. Weird things are happening. Anyway, um, you can't hear me. I can't hear you. Oh, I think he's got me muted. Oh, weird. Weird. I'm sorry. Okay. I wonder if it's dead. When's the last time you plugged it in? I bought him these headphones that he never uses, and he does tend to forget to plug the case in. Okay, he just took them off the charger. Did you charge the case? Okay, okay. Yeah, they're a little funky sometimes. They can be really weird. I mean, they were great when I first got them, but they're starting to be weird now. But anyway, yeah, so if you have friends that have their own business, support their business by spending money at their business it doesn't have to be lots of money either it could be five ten bucks it could be you know if they have a restaurant buy a cup of coffee because word of mouth doesn't pay the bills I mean it's great if it gets people in the door but if you're coming in and you're having a cup of coffee and you're having a piece of pie and you're expecting it for free because you're telling people what great pie it is it's, it's not how it works it's not how it works so, yeah, I'm sorry. It's just a little pet peevey thing um, that's been bothering me lately because I have been asked a lot of times um, because of my relationship with a, that person, uh, can you just do this for me because it's me? What? Um, no. <laughs> If you want the same services that I charge everybody else for, then, you know, I'll probably give you a discount because it's you. But I'm trying to build this business. I'm trying to establish it so that I have income. I can't do it for free. Sorry. Anyway, I'm going to get down off my soapbox because that's a half an hour of soapbox. <laughs> Um, I'm still at my sister's. I will be here probably for a few more weeks, at least. Um, fingers crossed their house has sold. And then starts the arduous task of sorting and selling and packing what they want to keep because they're downsizing everything. I, I mean, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I, oh, well, I can because I used to look walk around my house in Midland and like I couldn't get rid of anything I can't get rid of that I have a memory attached to it I can't get rid of that I have a memory attached to it and then when I didn't want to be attached to those memories anymore it's very easy to let things go 
and downsize to what I have in my apartment. Um, now, there are certain things in my apartment that I will never let go of, no matter how small I downsize. But, and I mean, they have things too that they're going to hang on to. But I mean, they have some beautiful things. And they're just going to sell it and walk away. Simplify is what they're saying. I don't think they're going to find living in a, a B&B or hotel or trailer and traveling simple. When you have no roots, no home base, you feel very displaced, very disconnected and disjointed. And yes, they are saying, you know, our family is our roots. Wherever our family is, if we're together, we're okay. No. No. I have two home bases, two places that I can feel secure and I can, I can feel myself and I can shut the outside world away and just be and that's my apartment here and that's Dave's place in California and it was my sister's my sister's was a, a safe haven for me for a very long time where I could go and I could hide and I could be the aunt that I wanted to be. Um, I could be the sister that I wanted to be. And I could be me. And that's all going away. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of salty about that. <laughs> and she knows. I've told her. She knows I'm salty about it. But she knows it's because I'm going to miss them. And I'm going to miss this. You know, just being able to jump in the car and go and see them whenever I want to. I'm going to miss it. Because I'm not going to necessarily know where they are. Now, I am working very, very hard to get them to California in December. Um, Everett wants to see Disneyland. <laughs> so, and, and I think, you know, Dave's place is only a few hours from Disneyland. I mean, they'd stay at a trailer park. Um, they'd camp because they'd have their trailer. They'd be driving. They'd have their own place to sleep. Um, but I really want them to meet Dave and I'm going to be in California in December anyway. Um, yeah, that's pretty much decided what I'm doing for Christmas. If I can get the extension on my passport to stay until Christmas because I think my time runs out before Christmas um, who knows I might just go out and lick something and get COVID and then I can't travel <laughs> I just got a dirty look <laughs> I can quarantine out back with the dog mm -hmm. but uh, yeah so I'm trying to convince them to um, pass through California while I'm there I think it would be fun, but I'm going to miss this, and I think they're going to miss it a lot sooner than they think they're going to. Um, 
I mean, two of their babies were born here. They bought this house whenever it was a baby. This was supposed to be their forever home. And... Uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm one that likes to just kind of settle. I mean, yeah, I like to travel. But for the longest time, traveling for me was a means of escape. It was a means of getting away from the place that I didn't want to be. And now it's a means of going towards the places that I want to be. So, traveling for me, um, I like to travel. I enjoy it. I enjoy the independence. Um, but, like I said, I did it for a long time as an escape. I would go to my friend's place in North York and I would hang out for the weekend, which would stretch into like a Monday or a Tuesday or Wednesday and then I'd come home. Um, I would go to Crystal's and again the weekend would end up being like five days. I would go to every fest I possibly could. Um, I would come to my sister's and stay for weeks at a time, sometimes a month at a time because it was an escape. And then, you know, all I wanted to do when I got out on my own and I left was have that ability to travel because I had I suddenly had the freedom I, I was trapped for a long time without a vehicle I think it was like four years five years that I didn't have a vehicle so I couldn't go where I wanted to when I wanted to um, I was right where somebody wanted me to be and that was on my ass on the couch doing nothing um, so when I did leave that situation and I did have the freedom to come and go as I pleased, I enjoyed it. It was great. But the reason for doing it was gone. So it became different. It became more of an exploration and discovery of who I was who I wanted to be, where I was on that journey to go from who I was to who I wanted to be, and what I can do and what I can't do. And so far, there's very few things that I can't do. Um, tonight, I almost couldn't open a, a spaghetti jar, spaghetti sauce jar. I was, I was terrified <laughs> because I live alone. I can suddenly not open jars anymore there's going to be a lot of angry pickles um, I'm going to have to find a way to open pickle jars because I like pickles and if I can't open them anymore I'm going to have to find another way to eat them smash the jar or something I don't know but yeah traveling now is a means to get me to where I want to be whether it's crystals in New Brunswick whether it's Dave's in California um, and having my own place is great I like the independence I like 
you know, the fact that it's mine. I have my own place full of my things. I sit something down. I come back a week later. It's still there. Nobody's touched it. Nobody's moved it. Um, now, there have been times when I've had to go on the hunt for stuff because I've absentmindedly moved it. <laughs> so the only person screwing with me now is me. <laughs> um, but it's not the four walls that make it a home. I've made a home in New Brunswick. I've made a home in California. I've made a home at my sister's. Without my stuff. Home is where I feel, for me now, um, on this stage of my journey to who I want to be, home for me is where I feel loved unconditionally. Home is where I feel safe. Where I can be silly and I can laugh and I can cry and I can be angry and I can talk. And I'm not ridiculed. I'm not analyzed. I'm not... Um, told to get over it. I'm not told to, you know, well, you're broken. But that's okay. I'm not told I'm broken because I'm not broken. I might have a couple of dents, a few cracks here and there, but I am not broken. I never was broken. I had issues uh, that I had to deal with, but I wasn't broken. So where I am now on my journey to who I want to be or where I want to be, I love being in my apartment. I love being around my things, touching my things, sleeping in my own bed. But it's lonely. I find it to be lonely. I'm, I'm a social person. I like to be around people. I like to be around certain people. Let's, let's rephrase that now. I mean, let's be real. We all know I don't like going out amongst the people. Because <laughs> for the most part, people are stupid. I like to be around certain people. So... It's just my apartment. It's not the four walls. It's not home. Home is wherever I am. It, home is the people that I'm with that make me feel home. That is home. And I kind of understand that aspect of what my sister and her husband are doing. Home isn't four walls. Home isn't, you know, plaster and wood and foundation and grass and doors and windows. Home are the people that you're with in that place. And if that place happens to have wheels and move from state to state, province to province, country to country, it's still home. I've been at home in my car 
in the middle of the Arizona desert in a blazing sun. Well, not I wasn't in the sun in Arizona. Where was I? Texas? Oklahoma? Oklahoma. It was hot in Oklahoma. Stuck in the highway. In traffic. Well, not in traffic. Yeah, it was traffic. Because it was construction. I had transport in front of me and a transport behind me. And I was at home in my car. That was my space. I was at home. I was comfortable. I was hot. I was hot. Um, so, I, I kind of get it. But I'm going to miss coming here to see them. Hanging out with my nieces and my nephew. And Heather's like, well, you'll still see us. And I said, it's not, it won't be the same. Because I'm not always going to know where you're going to be. You know, if you're off in Spain, or, you know, my nephew wants to go to South America so he can get a little tiny chameleon on his finger. Um, I can't just hop in the car and drive to France. Or Spain. Or Italy. Or... South America or Mexico well I can drive to Mexico but you know I can't just do that and be there in an hour and a half so I'm not going to see them as much as I have been which again um, the direction that I want my life to go in would have happened eventually anyway so kind of struggling with that a little bit because they were a constant they were the next ones to be the shining example to um, everybody in our family on how a long term relationship works <laughs> because up until I left my ex uh, we were it you know, my mom and dad, we were together longer than my mom and dad were. Uh, my grandparents were dead. So, you know, they weren't around to be an example anymore. So my ex and I were it. And unfortunately, we put on a hell of a show for the viewing public. Um, it came as a big shock to a lot of people when we split up. Now, those that actually knew us, like my mother and our daughter who lived in the house with us <laughs> it was not a shock it was not a shock to my sister um it was a surprise sort of a surprise to my brother i guess i don't know we haven't really talked about it but um yeah my son who likes my oldest boy he likes to bury his head in the sand like an ostrich and he seemed to think everything was just hunky-dory and we should stay together for the kids what kids son you're in your 30s your sister's 22 there are no kids left oh you mean the grandchildren okay um i'm still gonna see my grandkids even if i move halfway across country if i move to bc if i move to new brunswick if I move to somewhere in the States, I'm still going to see my grandkids. A guy can drive back and visit. Hell, if I go to Florida, it's only a three-day drive home. Two-day drive, whatever. You know. 
if I go to North Carolina, if I go to Texas, I have friends that want me to move to Texas. I'm still going to see my grandkids. It's kind of what video chat's for, too, you know. It's the kind of relationship I'm going to have with my niece and my nephews now. My nieces and my nephews. But I can't... I can't put my life on hold and put my happiness and my dreams on hold anymore. I'm not a spring chicken. Now, the women in my family do have a lifespan of 90 to 100 years. So technically, I've only lived half my life, but I've lived half my life. I'm not living the other half for somebody else. I'm not living my other the other half by somebody else's rules. So, you know. And I guess I shouldn't expect my sister to do that either. I guess I should expect my sister to follow her dreams and follow her heart. And my brother-in-law, some days I don't know why, but my brother-in-law is her dream, is her heart. And she loves him without question. Again, I say some days, I don't know why. Um, yesterday was one of those days. Yes, yesterday was the funniest thing. And my sister has no issues with calling my brother-in-law out on his shit when he's being the shit. And she will tell him, you're being a jerk. Knock it off. And he can, when he's stressed, he can be a pretty big dick. And I have no troubles telling him that. And he knows that. Because I've told him that. I have no troubles telling you that. You're being a jerk right now. I'm going to go home. I get that you need my help right now, but you're treating me like crap. I'm out. See ya. When you can get over yourself, I'll come back. And it usually takes a day or two. My sister says, so you coming back on Friday? <laughs> I'm like, yep. She's like, okay, Scott could use your help. Okay. Or she'll message me. Scott wants to know if you want to come up on the weekend. All right. I'll come back. <laughs> but she said to me, <laughs> I can't even remember. I'm trying to think now how Haley phrased it. Oh, okay. So we were sitting at the dinner table, and it was like last week or a week, the week before. Um, everybody seemed to be in a mood. I don't know what it was, but everybody seemed to be in a mood. Um, there'd been a lot of showings, no bites. And he was, Heather was stressing about stuff. Um, she was worrying about, she was worrying about, you know, what hadn't been done and what needed to be done. And he's telling her to shut up, just shut up. I don't talk about it anymore. I don't want to hear about it anymore. I don't want to talk about it anymore. And she finally snapped. And she told him he was being an asshole. Well, my three-year-old niece was sitting right beside her. She looks up at her mother and goes, Who's being a rascal? Because she completely heard the word asshole wrong. But just the way she looked up at her mother and goes, Who's being a rascal? <laughs> well, that broke the tension right there because both my sister and I choked on our food. Scott spit water across the table. 
and that was the end of that. <laughs> but I did catch them inadvertently about 20 minutes later in the kitchen. And Heather was explaining to him, I get you're frustrated. It was your tone and the way you were speaking to me. You're not allowed to speak to me that way. And he apologized. And a lot of times she just has to tell him, it's your tone. Change your tone. And then talk to me. And he'll be like, oh, okay, hold on. Let me reel this back in and try this a different way. And then things get sorted out and discussed and, and talked about. Um, and she had to remind him that this is her house too. So <laughs> it's been a little stressful around here. I think tomorrow, tomorrow hopefully, all of this stress will end. We will have a definitive answer. We will know for sure if this couple is is uh, buying the house, and if it's a if it's all a go, then we start with the purging and the backing. So yeah, that'll be fun. Um, and my sister can quit her job because she hates her job. So. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it's been fun. I'm gonna miss the pool, man. I'm telling you, I am gonna miss the pool. I have some great memories in that pool, and I am gonna miss that pool. Stop. Good grief. Um, I love that pool and the shower. The shower. Oh my god, the shower. And I haven't been able since I've come back. I haven't been able to get down there and have a late night swim. I mean, I've had my late night swim, but I haven't been able to have my late night swim. And then I get out of the pool and I go over and I have my shower and I wash my hair and I wash my body because they have somebody living downstairs in the suite downstairs. So it's not like I can just strip down to nothing in the pool room and have my shower in case he comes wandering out. So, yeah, I miss that shower. I love that shower. It's such a cool shower. Uh, and I found out it hasn't been working. It wasn't hooked up. But, uh, it just got hooked up like three days ago. So, um, I know the roommates, or the, the boarders, uh, the renters' work schedule. So, I know when he'll be in bed sleeping. And I can go down and I can have a swim and I can have a shower because he'll be, he'll be sleeping. I won't have to worry about him coming out into the pool. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm going to miss the pool. And I was always like the one that would get it all cleaned up from the winter and, and uh, get it all ready to be opened up. And then my brother-in-law would put the chemicals in and start up the pump and we'd get her going and that first weekend swim. Um, and I always was here for the last swim before we close it up. So, yeah, I miss the pool. Definitely going to miss the pool in the summer. Definitely going to miss the pool. But, uh, yeah, a lot of memories in this house. Like, I helped build this house, basically. I helped renovate this house. Got a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this house. <laughs> New owners better appreciate it. They came today. The, the home inspector came today, and the owners came with them. That was fun. But uh, my nieces and my nephew just seem to be taking it in stride. 
You know, like, all right, well, we're going on an adventure. But I don't think they quite understand they're not coming back to this house ever again. I don't think they, they get it. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. I had a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to talk about tonight. And you think I can remember any of it? Not even maybe. Um... Yeah, I had a bunch of things. And psh, they're gone. I've been having some really weird dreams lately. Anybody else having weird dreams? Like, just, like, completely bizarre dreams. I had a dream last week. And I can't remember most of it. But I do remember I was dreaming about... Uh... The hell? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I, troll. Well, not really a troll, but catfisher on tiktok hello pretty all right <laughs> your name you say your name is james michael huh okay anyway um i had a dream and the basis of it was really weird um it was kind of i don't know it was creepy horror like but awkward esoteric suspense comedy like but I remember I wanted orange juice I was dreaming about orange juice and I woke up and I wanted orange juice and I drank two 16 ounce glasses of orange juice I was telling my sister about it and she's laughing she's like you know your body's telling you you probably need some vitamin C <laughs> You think? I'm dreaming about drinking orange juice. So, yeah. I'm drinking a lot more vitamin C now. Um, I'm having a bit of an issue with my legs and my feet. Has me a little, a little concerned. Like, not overly concerned. Not enough that, you know, I'm running off to emerge. But um, I am going to my doctor's on Monday. So I will be talking to him about fluid retention and more than likely at some point in the next i'd say month i'm gonna have a little friend um called a holter monitor maybe gotta love those things but at least they come in a fanny pack now it used to be when the very first i remember back in the day this is how long i've been wearing holter monitors okay back in the day this thing was the size of um a little mini tape recorder and it was on a plastic strap that you slung over your shoulder, kind of like a purse. And then it had all these wires and electrodes. And you had to follow the map that they gave you and put all your little stickies on and then hook up all your little electrodes. Yep, there were six. Because there's three on one side and three on the other. And I think they're green, red, and brown white yeah there's white sorry there's four and then you hook them all on and oh yeah it's just it's no fun and every time you would think you were having an incident you had to push the button and then you had to write down on the piece of paper what you were doing what the time was what the feeling was um it was a pain in the ass and then you had to send it all Back, like you took it all into your doctor and gave it to them and they read it well now 
the machines are a lot smaller. They come in a fanny pack that you can wear around your waist. And you still have all the wires. But um, it's a lot easier to manage. And it's all done wirelessly. It connects to your internet. And every time it records an incident, it sends it automatically to the monitor text right away. And there's somebody that is monitoring your Holter 24-7 for the 7, 14, or 21 days that you have to wear it. And yes, I have had to wear a Holter monitor for 21 days. I'm hoping it's not going to be for that long this time. Um, but uh, yeah, and they monitor it. So if they pick up something funky, uh, the one time I was wearing it, they picked up um, AFib while it was happening and they called me and they said um, you need to go to the hospital now Alright. <laughs> um, they have picked up I was having a funky rhythm it was, now I know it was a PVC and um, I think it was one of my first bouts with an irregular PVC an unstable PVC. No, this was before you. It was the first and only one that I had. It was when I was diagnosed with AFib too. Um, I get a phone call. You know, this is, I can't remember the name of it. TechCore, I think it's called. Um, I am monitor tech, so-and-so. And we have detected an anomaly on your readout. Can you check your leads? Because the first thing they do is they check your leads to make sure they're in the right spot, they're recording, they're, they're connected properly. I'm like, yes. And they're like, okay, we're going to be live monitoring you for the next 10 minutes with you on the phone. I'm like, oh, okay. And then they're like, you need to either call 911 or have somebody take you to the hospital. And that was the very first and only time I have ever been shocked. I don't ever want it to happen again. Because, I mean, it's not like you see on TV where the person's unconscious and they shock them and then they come around and they're like, oh, what happened? Oh, it's so lovely. No, 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 no. You're awake. You're awake. You are fully aware of the electricity that is being burned into your skin um, and jolting through your body. <laughs> you have absolutely no control over the fact that every muscle in your body contracts all at the same time. And um, they don't tell you, but you pee your pants. Mm-hmm. Yep, you do. <laughs> I did. But I, I had a very unstable... Um, PVC happening and it was a shockable rhythm so that's what they did so the second time I had it I didn't know VTAC yes, thank, thank you the heart tech is telling me not not the one that caught it but you know the one that I'm dating couldn't have picked a better boyfriend right <laughs> couldn't have picked a better one if I tried um, so the second time I had an episode of PVCs, I was at work and 
again, I didn't know what it was. And the thing is, is the hospital that I went to, they didn't tell me what it was. They didn't tell me what was going on. They just told me, you'll be fine now. Here's some cream. Put that on the burns. You'll be okay. Because even though they put those stupid little pad things down, you still get a burn. They're, they're still raw. <laughs> it's, it's not, it, you know. I'm telling you, TV lies. So they didn't tell me what it was. They just put it in my chart. So like when I go and they pull up my chart at the hospital and they ask me, oh, I don't know. What does it say there? They electrocuted me. That's all I know. That's it. That's all I know. They put me on Mavic after that. Yeah. It was not fun. Um, so the second time I was actually at work and I was talking to Dave and um, I was telling him, like, I'm not feeling really great right now. My heart like, feels like there's like a thousand butterflies in my chest. And he's like, uh, let me see your face. Sent a picture of my face. Did my, my heart monitor thing on my phone. He's like, you, you, you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, okay, well, my boss will be back at three. I'm off at three. I'll go up when I get off work. And he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need to go now. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't go now. I'm the only one here. I can't. So my boss came in like 15 minutes later. She took one look at me. Like, apparently I was gray and pasty and sweaty. And she took one look at me. And she's like, oh, are you okay? I'm like, no. She's like, I, I, I'm taking you to the hospital. Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> she drove me up there and... um I was having, again, an unstable rhythm, but it wasn't serious enough to where they had to come at me with them stupid freaking paddles. No, they just wheeled the cart in with a whole bunch of needles on it, full of stuff. And the nurse looked at me and she says, okay, you see that cart? Uh-huh. Just don't make me use any of that. That's a lot of paperwork. I'm going to get you a warm blanket. I'm going to dim the lights. You're going to zen for the next hour. Don't make me use those. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think she scared the PVCs right out of me. Uh, so <laughs> she was great. She brought me. She brought me a microwave. I call them. I call the the blanket warmer the microwave. So she brought me a blanket from the microwave, and she tucked me all in. She dimmed the lights and and she closed the the door like it was a glass door, so they could see in. I was right at the nurses station in one of the red rooms in Emerge. It was like the ICU version of Emerge, and the three red rooms are the cardiac, the the, the circle in the drain, like the, the room next to me had a stroke. <laughs> the room next to me had had a stroke, um, and they were trying the clot bust, clot busting drug, and it wasn't working. Um, trust you, do <laughs> okay, whatever. And uh, while I was trying to zen, huh? Yes, thumbaratics, that's it. Um, and while I was trying to zen, the person in the third red room, because there's only three red rooms, there's uh, emerge one, red, red one, red two, and red three, and the person in red one died. <laughs> I'm like, and they cut me in red three. Great. So, you know, this isn't serious at all. And every time I you know, moved, there's that cart. And there was like, I swear, at least six or seven syringes on top of this cart. 
I don't know what was in them. I don't want to know what was in them. I didn't need to know what was in them. They didn't need to use what was in them, which was great. Um, and I just kind of zened. And after about an hour, things settled down. Well, my last trip, I, I learned that when it started, I just kind of, you know, lie down and put my feet up throw something on, either put some good music on, or I grab a book, or throw a movie on, and I zen. And they go away. Well, the last time I went to the hospital, they didn't go away. It was like four and a half hours before I went to the hospital. I'd been having them for four and a half hours before I went to the hospital. Then I get to the hospital, and now I'm super stressed, so they're really bad. And, um, like I said, when the nurse hooked me up, she's like, oh, there's one. Oh, there's another one. And another one. And another one. And another Every other beat. Be normal beat and a PVC. And a normal beat and a PVC. And a normal beat and a PVC. Now, when I went to the hospital and they had all those vials lined up. By Jiminy. Okay. By Jiminy. <laughs> Sounds like something out of Disney. Um, when, um... When I w went to the hospital and they had all the syringes lined up, I was having a PC PVC every three beats. So this was a little more serious. And now I've got some leg swelling and feet swelling. Um, my body just feels heavy all the time. My hands are swelling. So I have some water retention. I think COVID has done, um, like the doctor at the hot, the cardiologist at the hospital said that the PVCs, um, and my um, ejection fraction going down has all been exacerbated by the COVID. Yippee! Thank you. You know, it's it's like gonorrhea. You you leave with parting favors. You keep that shit forever. So um, it's like luggage, bad luggage. So I'm going to talk to him, and I'm going to. I have to be forceful with my doctor because he's old for one. And he likes to get people in and he'll say, okay, what's wrong? Well, I have a few things. Well, why don't we work on the most serious first? Tell me the most serious thing first. No, I'm going to tell you all of them. Because if you don't get them all in, they don't get taken care of. And that's kind of how they found out that I had a problem with my heart because I went and my ex was pretty good sometimes about coming with me if I asked him to come to the doctors with me. And he didn't need to say anything. He just needed to sit there. He would come into the, the room with me and he would just sit there with his arms crossed and look intimidating. And Dr. Galiski would listen to me. If I go by myself, Dr. Galiski doesn't listen to me. He just writes me another prescription for some kind of medication and says he'll do some blood work and pats me on the head and sends me on my way. Well, I can't let that happen. I want him to check my um, hormone levels. I want him to check my enzymes. I want him to check my, um, I want him to look at it, you know, I want him to deal with the swelling in my hands and my feet. I want him to check, I'm gonna do like a full pan a blood panel. I want to what? A BNP. I don't know what that is, but apparently I want one. Um, it's on Monday, and unfortunately, my advocate will be working on Monday. 
but I'm sure he will send me with a list of things <laughs> to make sure. Um, because I'm not very good at being assertive with my doctor because he's very rushed. He's very quick and it's like a whirlwind. And all of a sudden he's like, okay, so, you know, we'll do these tests and I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk later. And he's gone. Then you have to book another appointment and it takes a month and a half. So meanwhile, the problem gets worse and I end up in the hospital. So yeah, we are going to get some things dealt with. We are going to discuss um, medication management. And uh, yeah, I need to find an alternative for my um, sleep medication because that is no longer covered. <laughs> I mean, it's 22 bucks, but that's 22 bucks a month. I don't have 22 bucks a month. I know that sounds bad and some you're all probably rolling your eyes going who doesn't have 22 bucks it's 22 bucks i don't i don't have an extra 22 dollars a month so um yeah we're gonna get some things sorted out on monday and i want him to check my blood sugars while i'm there too and my thyroid um and like i said my estrogen levels I'm getting a whole bunch of letters thrown at me. <laughs> a whole bunch. Of, I know what a CBC is. You always hear that on like hospital shows. Do a run a CBC and a Chem Seven. What? <laughs> oh, okay. There we go. Um, anyway, yeah. So I'm gonna go see him on Monday. So Tuesday I'll have a report for you about how that went. Uh, I'm gonna stop over at my friend's place and get measurements. Uh, for her future daughter-in-law because I'm making a cloak for her for her wedding um, while I'm home this weekend I'm gonna grab my sewing machine and well I might not I might leave it there because she's not getting married until the end of October so if I'm not gonna be here working um, I can still go home every weekend and get the cloak there and I got to find out what colors what the exact colors of purple and blue and then I want to check the stock that I have of fabric at my ex's place because I'm gonna have to wash it repeatedly to get the smell out um, and make sure I have the right fabric and the right colors and um, what kind of filigree she wants what kind of patterning patterning Wow she wants and you know what kind of cloak she wants she wants a hood she wants she doesn't want sleeves i'm gonna like hug and kiss that woman to no end she does not want sleeves she wants armholes i am totally good with armholes those are the easiest things to do all you got to do is measure from the center of the shoulder down to the elbow so that you can get it lined up correctly on the cloak and that's where you put the armhole it's like doing a buttonhole they're easy peasy sleeves are a pain like she originally wanted the angel drop sleeves and they are such a pain to do <laughs> then I have to find a pattern because I don't think I have any I don't think I have my cloak patterns anymore so to what whoa wait what hold on this is interesting oh it's Twitter okay 
I thought it was somebody that spoke a different language saying that they subscribed to our Dark Myth Comics YouTube page. I'm like, wait a minute, we don't have one. How is that possible? Anyway, I think I'm going to wrap this up for tonight because tomorrow I am up at 7.15 and it is already 11 o'clock. It wasn't 11 the, the last time I... It wasn't that close to 11 the last time I looked. And I still have to take my meds and kind of wind down um, before I can go to sleep. So this was not the podcast that I had originally intended to do tonight. Um, I actually had a bunch of stuff I wanted to tell you can't hear you but it's the podcast that was meant to happen I guess um, these were things that I don't know I guess I needed to share what's <laughs> going on in my life so all right everybody um, have a good week wash your hands be kind and don't lick shit all right it's as simple as that and I hope you all have a wonderful week. Please check out uh, the World of Mythbits podcast with Tim Law. He's doing an amazing job. Go and have a listen to our magazine review. And like I say in the magazine review, it's going to be a standalone. Um, apart from the original weekly podcast. And uh, this is coming out... Um, the 16th so yeah thanks for all your submissions for this month start getting your stuff polished up for um, October for our Halloween edition and get some th stuff ready for September and that's our anniversary edition um, nothing special really because it's just a you know whatever anniversary um, 18th anniversary <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, have a good week, and like I said, be kind and don't lick shit. Alright everybody, see ya! Carry on all that you have said, there'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest, don't you cry.